Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Adventures in Careerland. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It's Adriano Magnifico here. I'm the career and entrepreneurship consultant in the Louis Riel School Division, and we are broadcasting our second season of Adventures in Careerland. A second season. They picked us up. No, they didn't. We just decided to do it again. So it's our second season in Adventures in Careerland, and we have a new group of producers. We have a new group of young students who are working in the broadcast media program in the Luriel Arts and Technology Center. I've talked to you before about how important this center is to the Luriel School Division and how important it is to students who generally come to this program because they feel like they need to get an extra edge. They need to get some extra skills along with their academic programs. So the broadcast media program in the Luriel Arts and Tech Center is one of the gems it's one of these great programs where students get some incredible, incredible skill sets that keep them in good stead when they get out into that working world. So I'm super, super happy to start season two. And just to recall, season one, we had Lily Chen from China, international student, and Isabella Soares from Brazil, international student. But they've moved on. They're gone. They're graduates of the program. So now I am with two new students. Two new students from the program. And first person is Zoe Kruzak from St. Anne's. Say hi, Zoe. Hi, everyone. Awesome. And Zoe's in grade 11 at St. Anne's Collegiate out in the backwoods. Or Sorry. No, sorry. I'm from Pointe de Chain. Pointe de Chain. Why did I think St. Anne's? I don't know. Must have had it on my brain. But that's awesome. So you are choosing to come here from way outside of Winnipeg. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. And we're going to get that story because that's an important story. We also have Akira Sakaki. Hi. And he is from Windsor Park Collegiate, uh, which is right. just a stone's throw. Football yep. toss. Yep. Baseball heave from the Arts and Tech Center. And right. you are in grade? 12. Grade 12. And you've chosen to come to this program as well, which is a pretty significant call for you. And Zoe, pretty significant call for you, right? And we're going to talk about why those calls were so significant. And let's remember what this whole podcast is all about all the time. We're trying to collect stories from students, students in formation, students who are trying to figure out what decisions they ought to make and how impactful those decisions can be on their future pathing. So I, I love that you guys are here, and you are my producers this term. So you are all the tech stuff because, again, I'm Magnifico. I'm a baby boomer, one of those baby boomers who still likes to grab the clicker for the television and who still thinks about, mm, I don't know, sometimes I like the analog world, and I try hard to be in the digital world, but you are digital natives. They call you guys digital natives. You are Gen Zs, right? Uh, we are. And I just gave you some information on Gen Z, and you, and you both said to me, what are those? And which is a good thing. So uh, I, I have no doubt you'll be schooling me down the, down the road on content and knowledge. But for now, these Gen Z students are a particular demographic cohort. They have particular values. They make particular decisions. And they're very mobile in a digital world, which, which is pretty cool. So I always like this perspective of the older guy like me, the older Italian guy, 
and the young guys, young people who, who offer different perspectives. So that's going to be a great part of this podcast. In the podcast, we look for the stories. And we want to try to inspire other students and other people who listen to these stories to think about those decisions and to understand that decisions to, uh, about what you choose, where you go, what education you choose. I'm really interested in those decisions in high school, those cataclysmic decisions about which are the ones that were more powerful to you which were the ones that made the huge difference to you those are the ones we'd like to talk about so i'm all going to put you on the spot i'm going to ask you some questions about that and that's the purpose we're in season two i can't believe it we had like 14 episodes in season one i feel like a cheap netflix uh streaming series but now it's season two of adventures in Careerland, and we're going to start off with our first our first guest and our first guest are going to be our producers. Our first two episodes are going to be about our producers because I think they have a lot to say. So Akira Sakaki from Windsor Park Collegiate. Now we have a bit of a history, even though we don't, because I taught his sister. Yes, you did. Yes. Narimi. Narimi. And, and Narimi was an awesome student. That was like 10 years ago, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think she graduated in 2012. So. 2012. So that was a yeah that that's a long time ago. Yeah. And I remember your sister as a really bright light in that class. And we were doing something called the Career Internship Program at Windsor Park Collegiate, and that's a program that still exists there. And we have many iterations and variations of that program around the division, and it's still going strong. But Narimi took she she was one of those pioneers who took that program and said, "I want something a little different." And that program was different because it offered opportunities for internships. It offered opportunities to design your own courses. And she was an artistic person. Oh, my gosh. And she loved to design. But we're going to get her on this podcast one day and talk. So tell me, what's your relationship like with your sister? My relationship with my sister, it's very like other relationships with brothers and sisters. Um, sometimes we didn't get along, but I know she always had my back when it mattered the most. Um I attribute a lot of what I do now to things that she taught me. Uh, I think she was the first one to really expose me to graphic design and artistic skills. So um, I do attribute a lot of what I'm interested to into um, with what she taught me in the beginning. So now she's 10 years older than you are then. That's true. Yes, she is. All right. So you were a little kid while she was going to school. Yeah. Tell, tell me about your family life. What was that like at home? Like, you're a Windsor Park native, right? Yes. How long have you been? Now, are you, are you, were you born in, in Canada? No, actually. I was born in Venezuela, and when I turned one years old, my family immigrated here to Canada. So um, I've pretty much grown up here in Winnipeg my entire life. Um, I learned Spanish from my parents, because uh, otherwise I wouldn't have learned it, not being around that kind of culture. But um, my family life is it's great. Um, I have... Two amazing parents that have done so much, have sacrificed so much so we can have what we have, what me and my sister have, the opportunities to succeed in a country like Canada that's so full of opportunities. And it's just the sky's the limit when it comes to opportunities here. So, well, I'm interested in that enough. journey of your parents. Yes. When they came, why did they leave Venezuela? So my mom, uh, she actually was born in Colombia. But she grew up in Venezuela, uh, so she considers herself 100% Venezuelan. 
and um, she's always told me like when she was growing up, Venezuela was is an is a marvelous place. It, it was like Canada when she was growing up because a lot of people may not know, but Venezuela is actually one of the richest, if not the richest, country when it comes to oil and um, mining oil. But um, unfortunately, the country fell into the hands of some pretty bad people, so it's gone down a lot. Um, there's a lot of political turmoil in Venezuela now, so when she started to see how things were going to turn out, which they effectively did, she decided that she didn't want her children to grow up in that and have to struggle through all of that. So she made the decision, a very hard decision may I add, because she had a very bright career. My mom's actually a computer engineer. And she works for... Or wow, she worked, that's pretty cool. Man. She worked for um, a company called Siemens that they actually oh, do yeah. have Siemens here, but it's not to the level that it was in Venezuela. Her job was um, she was a manager of international trades, so she actually would sell like satellite components to other companies. And she was extremely good at her job, and it was an extremely good job that she had. But she left it all behind so that we could migrate here to Canada and start over with a clean, kind of bright future, I would say. Well, that's that's amazing that she would uproot yourself. Yes, yeah. Uproot, uproot herself and, and all of you. That, yeah. That's an amazing call, especially when she's doing so well. What did Dad do? My dad, um, he actually, so it's kind of funny, the story. My dad, he's from Japan. Uh, he's from a little island in Kagoshima. So he grew up in Japan um, his entire life. After he finished high school, he got a job um it's actually, it was like a toy manufacturing company in Japan. And they gave him the opportunity, him and a friend, a co-worker of his, to actually travel to Venezuela because um, the manufacturing company had some kind of tie with Venezuela and they had like factories over there. So they gave him the opportunity to travel there. So my dad, when he traveled there, um, he was paying an apartment and the apartment was actually right beside my mom's house. So that's how they met. So my dad, he worked in that um, toy manufacturing company in Venezuela um, until up, up till they moved here to Canada with us. Well, that's amazing. One at the time, and my sister, I believe, was eight or nine. So I know this is a dumb question, but yeah. does he ever remember any of the toys he made? You know what? He actually does. Uh, my mom <laughs> was like, when we got here, one of the first things that we bought was a pool table. And it was because we had a pool table um, that was one of the toy manufacturing companies, like, best-selling products um, in Venezuela. So we actually bought one because my dad recalls making them and being around them a lot. So it was like it was kind of nostalgic for him in some sense. But... So no Tickle Me Elmo's or anything like that? Nothing like that. No. Okay, so it was really cool. So this is good. one of your great toys as a kid was a pool table. Are you a pool shark? Uh, you know what? I'm pretty bad at it. I won't lie. I'm pretty bad at it. I, I should improve my skills in pool, but... Uh, up till now, I would not consider myself a pool shark. Well, I'm telling you, a good a good pool player in my day would make a lot of money. I'm I'm sitting now. I'm not I'm not advocating that, but it just it, when you went to the pool halls in the old days, you can make a lot of money. Uh, when you were good at the game, when you were really good at the game, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's interesting. So, what was the great message that they've always left in your brain, like as you walk, and how have they influenced how you walk every day and the culture you bring into a room? Um, I try never to forget the sacrifices that my family made so that I could have the opportunities to be where I am and um, do what I want to do for my future, uh, to study the 
career that I wanted to study and just be successful. So they've definitely influenced me based on the sacrifices they've made. Um, Culture-wise... But how I, does that influence you? So what do you do... Differently? How, how do you behave in every room you enter because well, of those sacrifices? I try my best to do... To give my all to whatever I do because I know that if um, if they wouldn't have done that, I would have never had the opportunity. So I try not to waste that opportunity. I like to give my best in everything I do. That's awesome. And that's so, how I look at So are you a good student? Yes, I am now. <laughs> Zoe, are you a good student? I, I think so, yeah. Do you work hard? I work as hard as I can. Okay, okay, in, in the program. So, you know, in this program, you can reach as far as you want. Yeah. And be as great as you want to be. That's the beauty of this program. That's true. So I hope you take advantage of that. What do mom and dad do now in, in Winnipeg? So my mom actually, she um, she works um, in taxes. So she does like taxes, work like that. And yep. my dad, he um, he does two jobs. He has a sushi restaurant. Cool. Which is, um, I can't imagine him doing anything else because he got here and he was just like, we need to introduce this culture to Oh, fantastic. So you're saying during one of our podcasts, you're going to bring some sushi in here? Is that what you, I hear you say? You know what? My sister actually <laughs> did do that. In Windsor Park, uh, yeah. there was a teacher, Mr. Major. I remember. She brought him this big like, table of sushi one day. So, yes, I will bring you sushi. I I'm not kidding. I Well, I'm not kidding. Not kidding. Fr- Freudian slip. I'm not kidding. I want some sushi. No, I'm, I am kidding. You, you don't have to do that, but that would be cool. Just to do this, and if, when we're on the video, we are audio for the long little while until we get into video down the road. We get all more skilled at it, but uh, that'll be cool to show in the video, right? Yeah. How cool would that be? Anyway, there's that's an important piece of your life. When you think of now the call you made, what kind of courses were you taking in school? What were you? What did you gravitate towards in school? Was it the sciences? What the the, the liberal arts? What was it? I think since. I went to Frontenac School. That was my middle school. And yeah. I remember, I think, one of the biggest turning points where I kind of started to realize, like, this is my calling, this is what I wanted to do, was when I first took a shops class. Um, I took graphics at Windsor Park Collegiate with Mr. Herkimer. Yep. And I, by far, that that class, like, changed everything for me. I was like, this is what I want to do with my career. Like, I want to be a graphic designer. So... As I progressed and as I, when I got into Windsor Park, I started to take graphic design classes, more artistic classes, like, uh, I guess, like digital media classes like that. And that's, that's where I succeeded. That's where I excelled. Um, amongst all the other students, I was always, I was always the one who knew what to do before they told them what to do. Like, so so do you think you have a real creative eye for things? I, I like to think so, yes. Yeah. What's a creative thing you've done? Well, I actually um, I designed the graduation hoodies at Windsor Park for my year graduation. I did nice. two variations of them. Um, I've done I've done for junior achievement. I know you're very yeah. You're very. I'm, I'm into, into that. Junior achievement. I did the logo for my team last year before yes. COVID shut it down. Um, pretty much anything that had to do with graphic design, I would always be volunteered. Um, so you gravitate to that stuff, right? Yeah. So you look at now when you go on the internet, do you look at a website differently than other kids look at a website? Yes and no. Um, when I look at a website, I kind of try to picture how that designer made the website. And there's things that right off the bat, when I when I see it, I'm just like, I know what software they used to do that. I know exactly what they did to make that that graphic. So it's kind of cool to be like, know behind the scenes, not just see the final product. 
And and in this program, yes. they, I mean, the whole Adobe family, you get exposed to the entire Adobe oh, yeah. family, right? Yeah. So what what incredible extra sense of software, because you don't do that at Windsor Park in your graphic arts, to this level, do you? I mean, you learn Photoshop a bit, but you don't Photoshop get into... Illustrator, but we don't get into, like, the video and audio kind of editing softwares like Premiere Pro and Audition. That's what we've been exposed to in this program particularly. Yeah, and, and you're going to get very good, very, very good at those things. Yeah. You know, when you leave this program, the skill sets you have, I think this is a 21st century skill, being, being a video editor, uh, knowing how to render really quickly and easily, knowing how to use Photoshop effortlessly, like most people use Word. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of a company that wouldn't need that kind of skill set because it also fosters the, cr the creative impulses in you, along with the technical. And that's the beauty of this, right? The world, really, the world needs the liberal arts peepers. They need the creative people. They need the thinkers and the conceptual designers. They also need the tech. You get the heavy tech here, but you also get the opportunity to be the conceptual thinker here, which is pretty cool. It is. That's an opportunity for, uh, for, for, uh, for both you guys. Now, I, I'm also interested in um, when you came to Windsor Park and you're in grade 11 or 12, you've chosen this in grade 12. Most kids choose it in grade 11 right? Yes. So you didn't choose it in grade 11 because you wanted to take graphic arts. Is that fair? Or um, why didn't you? It's actually quite interesting. Um, so I mentioned Frontenac before. Uh, the first time I was exposed to this program in particular, uh, it was because we took, I guess, a field trip here and we started walking around and they just kind of wanted to show us our, our like, opportunities afterwards um, if we wanted to pursue this in high school. So I had quite a few teachers actually come up to me and say, you know, I could see you doing broadcast and media. I could see you being an anchor. I could see you talking on the radio. And I didn't really take it serious at the time because um, I was so focused in graphic design. But when I went into Windsor Park and I started working in graphic design, um, I started to realize that this could be what puts me ahead of other students, other graphic design students or people who want to also pursue the same kind of career because this, this program would also give me the skills necessary for me to enter if I ever wanted to, filmmaking, like radio, talk show host, and in general, I think they go together very well. Now, I was actually talking to Zoe um, earlier today about why I didn't take this in grade 11. So I said that I didn't, I didn't really think about it till very recently that this could be what puts me ahead. But I also... Um, I also think it was a good thing I didn't take it in grade 11 because I'll be honest, uh, in high school, my, my whole high school career up to, last, up to this year, I've always been one of those students who has a lot of personality at the school who is always willing to participate in activities, uh, sporting activities, events, anything like that. But I was a very go-with-the-flow kind of student. I wasn't someone who was extremely dedicated in getting the highest mark possible. And um, I think I suffered a little bit because of that, because I realized that there was a, my marks weren't where they should have been. And a lot of teachers were telling me, we know that you can do this. We know you can be at this level, but you're not because you're focusing a little bit too much on the social aspect of school. <laughs> and that, it's very uh, true. I am a very social person. I'm extremely extrovert. So, um, are you, do you like parties? I do. Do you like the occasional party? Yes, Zoe, are you a party? Now, but, are, are you a party girl? Not, not really? really. Zoe's my polar opposite. 
because we have two different views for this podcast. So. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I love that, Zoe, you're in grade 11. Now, why did you choose this in grade 11? Just curious, very quickly. Well, he chose it in 12. You chose it in 11. Um, it is, our school is a partnership with ATC, and where we get to all our mandatory classes for school are in the first semester, so that if we do choose to come to ATC, we, um, we go in the second semester where we don't miss any mandatory classes. And I chose this program just, um, we had a presentation at school, and this program looked really fun because I eventually want to have something to do in, like, the television industry and stuff. Yeah, but I, I, I love that. So she got a hint of it later. But you you meandered and thought, and you had, it's so, and it's so powerful to do what both of you do. You zeroed on something. You kept meandering around it. And there's a great book. I, I just I finished an interesting book by um, David Epstein called Range. And what he talks about in the book is you don't have to zero in exactly on your stuff. It's more important to get good at a lot of things and be a generalist. And, and research and study shows through his book that you will have a more satisfying life than if you just zero in on one thing and spend all your time doing one thing, Right. And so you sound like you like to meander around, Akira. A little bit, I do. Uh, just to finish what um, I think the original question was why I didn't go in grade 11. Like I was saying, um, so yes, I'm a very go-with-the-flow kind of person. Uh, yep. And then I realized, because I, I realized it's time to kind of get serious. So last year, uh, towards the end of the year, I was just like, this is my year. I got to get serious in this. So... I came to grade 12 with a completely different attitude towards what was my priority. And uh, I cut down on my social life. It, it helped that COVID had hit because I wasn't actually able to socialize like I normally would. So I had more time to focus on my studying. And I've had teachers come up to me and just be like, this is remarkable because I went from this super social butterfly to honor roll like 98 percent average in all classes like it's insane so um i'm happy i didn't I'm, I'm so sad so where happy. did you lose the two marks i don't get it <laughs> um i'm still a social person <laughs> I think, so I that think two percent that was from, your social stuff i think a part of that comes from annoying <laughs> the teachers a little because i won't stop talking but um <laughs> no that's uh, okay yeah so it's a double-sided blade because I'm upset that I'm missing second semester at my school because it really hit re relatively recently when we started this, uh, this program in February that I had completely finished high school because I did all my classes, my grade 12 classes, in the first semester. So I wouldn't be seeing anyone else. I wouldn't be going to the school until it's time to, to graduate. So um, I was just – it was a lot – it was a lot uh, to consider moving here. Well, I, I find that interesting when you say you're a talker. People always tell me I'm a talker, and they joke about being a talker. Yeah. And I always say to them, I'd rather talk than say nothing. That's I'll, true. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. And I'd, li I'd rather engage people and have great conversations with them. So that's, that's a pretty powerful skill. And I, I have to say, I, I just heard you um, – do a voicemail to somebody, I'm telling the crowd out there, about how you wanted to find a guest for another podcast you're doing. And you were you sent you left a voicemail for the CEO of a company and you sounded so poised. That comes from you talking a lot. That's that comes from you being loquacious. 
and engaging and interesting. You didn't miss a beat in, in your voicemail. I thought I was so impressed with it. I was shocked. I thought you had practiced it somewhere. That just came out of your lips. So that's a powerful part of you. The meandering and the looking around and the socializing and playing is pretty powerful stuff. That's not, that's part of your journey. That's part of who you are. You need to exercise those pieces as much as you can. That's your gift, man. I agree. Uh, I think that it's a very important thing in my life, and I think it's what makes me me, to be honest, the, the fact that I can socialize like that and, and have those kind of interactions. And it's funny, though. People will say to you, oh, you talk a lot. You talk too much. You've had people say that to you, right? Oh, yeah. I've, I had a person who was telling me, they're like, uh, they were saying, they were comparing me to someone else, and they were like, but you're like the rainbow that is so bright. It annoys everyone because I talk. You know so what? Much. And I tell those people, you're nuts. You are the rainbow, period. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. That is not, and people say that to me a lot too. And I just, uh, it's, just I know they're up. trying to be funny, but I don't know why they say that yeah. when they, they, they actually kind of have to diminish what is your great gift and your great skill. Yeah. I, that always, it doesn't bug me per se, because I get their, their people who may not have that skill, but who call it out on you sometime. And it, it, it's kind of silly. That's your gift. You be loud. You be vocal. You use your voice, yeah. and that will keep you in good stead. And you will learn as you go on where it has its best value and where, where it finds the best places. You will learn that as you gravitate and have experiences and you connect to more people. That's the beauty of this program. You're also going to connect with a lot of industry professionals with whom you will connect and, and talk and contact, and you will learn your own boundaries. And you'll get some advice from people like me and from Coach P, who runs the broadcast uh, media program, Coach Plate, Plate Inc. And uh, you're going to get a lot of great, both of you, Zoe and Akira, you're going to get a lot of great contacts with people. And you'll feel those those sense of boundaries that you have to create and develop on your own. It, it, it's going to be really cool. That's the cool part of this, of this uh, program. So you're sitting here. You're in this space now. How do you feel being in the broadcast media program? I'm happy. I uh, have no regrets being here. Um, I'll, obviously, I was nervous coming in, but I feel really good, and I feel confident that this is going to give me the edge in my career. This is the startup to my career. I think so, and 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 it will be as strong as you put your great effort, your great sense of talking, your great sense of conversation, and if you really are that 98% student, which means to me you just started working hard on the academic program because I'm, I'm a huge fan of academic programs. I come from, I'm an old advanced placement English teacher, and uh, those programs are huge to you. They're the dots. And part of this whole podcast is something I talk about called um, collecting dots and connecting them. But you can't connect the dots of your life, and that is to see where your best fits are, where the next path may lead. And I, I'm a big fan of uh, not worrying about what your passion is. People go crazy about passions. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of following your nose. I'm a big fan of just gravitating, seeing what's interesting you. Keep moving, keep meeting people, keep connecting to others. When that happens, you will you will find you will wind up in the right place. When you focus on one thing and look for a passion, when you're 17 years old, I think you're making a big mistake. It's hard. I think I think I think this is the perfect age to kind of go out there and discover what you're into, but not 
just close yourself off to all the other opportunities yes. out there. Just kind of, yeah, linger around and just see what else is out there. And that's what that book's about. If you want, I'll share the book with you. I think you'd really like reading this book because he is about the Epstein book that to which I referred is really about that. Experience as much as you can. Step outside of your boundary a bit. And the beauty, you nailed it there, Akira, because school is the place to do it because there's so much support. True. Think about when you leave high school. I'm not around. Yeah. Coach P isn't around. Yeah. Think of those pieces who will just be now just a quick phone call with quick advice. They're here all the time. They're here to support, to help you, to confirm things with you, to validate things with you, to advise you on pieces when you ask for them. But the big thing is, in your heart, what are you gravitating towards? What seems to be the spaces that you're, you're saying, hey, I love this. This is what I feel like. And it doesn't have to be a passion. It just has to be something you like. And it might turn into it. You don't have to go seek a passion. Just let your passion seek you all the time, and something better, more satisfying will probably come. I've had some students sit in classes with me or in, small, in short consultations with me saying, I'm looking for my passion, and you know, I'm, ha I'm having a lot of trouble finding it. Well, don't worry about it. Start seeking something you want to do and just see where it goes. It might turn into something really powerful. So that's kind of cool. That fact that you've chosen this, is it your passion? Do you know that yet? Like you've already said a couple things, Zoe and Akira, that it's, it's, I think this is where I want to be. I like that you said, I think this is where I might want to be. You have no idea where those video editing skills may take you. Those abilities to stand up in front of a group may take you. Those abilities to create all of this technical setup that we have right now. I'm looking at the Star Trek board here. I mean, 1969 Star Trek. That was, my, that was my gig. This looks like a 1969 Star Trek board here. Pretty cool. But you have no idea when they will come in handy and who you will meet who, say, who says to you, I really love that skill. I value that skill. Can I talk to you more? You've got to continue conversations with people. That's, that's pretty cool stuff. So you're happy to be in the program? Yeah. Uh, you, I don't regret it. It's good. And yeah. next year, you're continuing in the program, first semester? Yeah. Right? Um, I'm doing part one right now, semester two. And then next year, I'll be back for semester one, part two. And that'll be the end. And you guys, we talk about the cohorts. You're the Gen Z cohort. You're becoming digital. This digital comes easier to you than it does to me. I'll be honest with you. I was fiddling with YouTube today and going, oh, my gosh. I, I almost ran away from the computer and uh, because I was trying to do something and upload and do. Oh, my gosh. For you guys, that's effortless. So I'm really happy to work with a couple of digital native Gen Z people. And uh, I'll try to help you guys along. And you guys are going to be helping me along as we go on this journey. And I hope we get as many of these podcasts done as possible so that we can share stories. And I think your story is a pretty cool one. If you were to give a piece of advice, Akira, to anyone listening to this, especially, I, I, I think the people that really connect with us are a variety. I've had all kinds of people, age-wise, generation-wise, demographic, cohort-wise. But if, if, if someone, if a young person or even someone considering a career change had to listen to a piece of advice from you, what would you give them? Actually, I haven't thought about it. Um, if someone was considering a career change, 
or just looking to see what else is out there. I think I'd tell them pretty much what you said. Don't don't limit like don't limit yourself to one career. I think you should explore other options and see what else is out there because you'll never know what there is if you don't try. There's no point in not trying to do something. The worst that can happen is you realize you don't like it and at least now you know that that's not what is for you. But in the best case scenario, you could discover something you would have never known if you didn't put yourself out there. So I think being open to other opportunities is very important. I think that's the best advice. Because I know if I wouldn't have been open to this, I wouldn't be here and I, I might not actually be on the right path to doing what I want to do. So give me a list of some of the things really quickly that you did in your grade 11 year at Windsor Park. Just a list of activities. Okay. Um, I was really into scorekeeping, uh, basketball, volleyball, all those type of things. Love it. Um, I was I was in junior achievement. Junior achievement. Love it. So spent a lot of time doing that type of stuff, the graphic design aspect of it and just the website design, all of that. Um, I was I was just a, f- a free soul in school. I just... I would wander a lot. <laughs> I would wander a lot and have a bunch of conversations with a bunch of people when I should have been studying for math. Sorry, Miss <laughs> Luong. That's okay. But uh, <laughs> honestly, it was a blast. Um, I did a lot of different things. Like I said, the scorekeeping and the junior achievement were things that took up a lot of my time, but I loved doing it. So. And, and I say to you, keep exploring. Keep looking. Keep seeking. Zoe, you're going to be on that path as well. Where you're just going to... Should I try this? Should I try this? School is the place to do it because there is support. It's when you leave, and I'll tell you, when you do something cool and you're 17 or 18 and you're in high school, the media would like to come and talk to you. When you leave after high school, you're just a part of the herd, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have to forge your path, forge as much as you can of your possibilities in school, in high school. So this is good. Hey, you know what? We're coming to the end. This is our first podcast. Season two. How exciting. Last thing is, you've been in the COVID and the COVID environments, right? Yeah. How you feeling? Um, I'm a little I'm a little stressed if we were to go into a third close because I would not want to do that. I very much enjoy coming here, although it's halftime. But um otherwise I'm feeling pretty good. Good, good. Yeah. Keep the Keep up the spirit. It's going to be tough. I think we have a long one. How do you feel, Amy, uh, the COVID? How are you feeling right now? Um, I haven't felt that bad. I haven't been, like, too scared of COVID like a bunch of other people are. Um, I'm glad, like, what our school is doing where um, our class is split into two and we only go halftime because I feel we get a lot more help in our education and, like, there's more time spent on each of us individually because we're not there all the time. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So, hey, take care. Be safe. Always right. Always, always. And uh, this will be behind us soon. Yep. Yeah, It'll be behind us soon. That's the end at some point. It will for sure. So, hey, listen, that's the end of our podcast today. Thank you, Akira. That was awesome. Thank you for your story. Thank you for telling us about what, what makes you up and, and where you think your fits are and what decisions you kind of make. I guarantee someone's going to listen to this because I actually use these podcasts in my class with my students. They listen to them and they go, you know what? I had no idea that someone felt like I felt. Or that's a great idea. 
So congratulations. And what a treat next week. Yeah. We're going to talk to Zoe, and it's going to be another great story. So we're looking forward to that. So that's it for today. Podcast number one, season two, Adventures in Careerland. Yabba-dabba-doo.